Welcome to the Be Proud with Eric podcast, the place for all things queer empowerment. I'm your host, Eric Sullivan, he, him pronouns. I'm a proud gay person, licensed therapist, and DEI consultant. My mission is to empower members of the LGBTQ community and teach people to be better allies. I love connecting with people, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. All right, welcome to part four of my series about my adventures traveling around Colombia. Today, we will be discussing my trip to Cartagena, which my best friend joined me on, and she is here with us today. Hi, everybody. This is Molly. She, her. Excited to be here. (laughs) So uh, we have been best friends for a long time now. 22 years mm-hmm. since you're 14. Freshman year of high school. And we have gone on a lot of trips together through the years, including a lot of different international trips. We traveled a lot together. And then even if they weren't designated times where we were planning to travel together, if one of us has been somewhere for an extended period of time, the other one's going to join. Travel buds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Super fun. This year, I went to Mexico. And as soon as I got there and saw the hotel I was in, I was like, Eric, you need to come here. <laughs> <laughs> and one week out, I was like, okay, great. I'm coming. I'd book <laughs> So then that was this year. And then Columbia was later that year. So when I was like, I'm going out there for probably a few weeks, you're like, I'm down to come at some point. I'll come for a weekend. Yeah. It, it bookended the year for me. I was like, two weeks for me in Mexico, you get to join. Two weeks for you in Colombia, I get to join. Yeah. We live a good life. <laughs> we do. And now that we're, you know, older than we used to be, we're in our 30s now. We have more like wits about us with our travel. We also have more financial resources with our travel. So we've definitely stepped up our game. Mm-hmm. Devices, useful things to help us. <laughs> Devices, ways to tell time, (laughs) debit cards that work. I mean, all the things that we definitely did not have on our first international trip together. (laughs) We did not. So we're going to break down our recent trip to Cartagena together. But before we get there, let's tell some stories of our previous travel woes. Like you just mentioned, the first time we traveled internationally together... I was studying abroad in England. So again, in another country extended period of time, obviously you were going to come out there. Obviously. (laughs) And it was right around, I came like the week before Christmas too. So there was also like me just choosing to come hang out with you instead of my family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you met me out there in England. We spent a few days there. It was super fun. And then I was like, well, if you're going to come, let's also go somewhere else in Europe. It's so easy to get around once you're there. We landed on Italy. Mm-hmm. We went to Pisa and Florence. Mm-hmm. We flew into Pisa and then took the train from there to Florence, right? Yes. Yes. And the woe started when we got to Pisa. And <laughs> this was back in the day where you had to give the travel alert to your bank. And I don't know if that didn't happen or some, some way or another, you were not able to access money from your cards. Yeah. And then I don't remember why... Why was it that I didn't have any money either? Because I remember we were like, we have no way to access money right now. 
now. I don't know. You might not have had money because you were a student. Yeah, you might have been broke. But I, what was funny is I thought with my like proper, like, I think it was like Bank of America or something like that card, I'd be able to use it. But I wasn't able to. And shockingly, I was able to use my like county bank card from when I was like a teenager that I definitely did not think would be able to give me money internationally. And thank goodness I was able to do that. In fact, I think my mom helped transfer some funds so that they were there yes. and we were able to pull them out. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We called yeah. your mom and we were like, can you wire us some money? We're in Pisa. We have, we're <laughs> put it in my county bank account. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Well, and that trip was so crazy for me because it was the first time ever flying internationally alone. So you were already at school and I had to fly to England and then also take buses to get to you all by myself, which was a, was a big deal at the, at the time. Totally. Well, that was another thing that happened to us. I remember our flight was at like 2 a.m. And I was like, it's perfect. We'll like go out and then we'll catch the bus is how I always get to the like... <laughs> London airport and it'll be totally fine bus rolls up at like midnight guy opens the door I like start to walk up and he's like uh excuse me the bus is full and I was like what do you mean like oh oh god and he's like yeah we're at capacity you can't get on and I was like but we have to get to the airport and luckily some other people also did not make it to the bus and they were like, are y'all going to Heathrow? And so we just shared a cab together. It was fine. I totally forgot about that. I mean, hey, we're good in an emergency situation though. <laughs> yeah, we're good with rolling with it. I definitely was like, uh, uh, uh bad. I didn't think this would be a problem. It never has been the other times. I forgot about that, but I'm getting flashbacks to standing in the cold in England waiting for the bus at past midnight. Yeah. Freezing and then being denied. And then the, you know, so we went to Italy. We had a blast. We went to Pisa. We took the train to Florence. Part of what made it such an adventure is this was before the days of smartphones. And so there was no bringing your phone with you on an international trip. And then also, it didn't even dawn on me that we'll have no way to tell time. In retrospect, I wish I had a digital watch or something. (laughs) Or even a regular watch. Anything (laughs) that would allow us to tell time. (laughs) Any form of a watch. Some way to tell time, which we didn't have. So I thought we had (laughs) in my body. Oh, yes. We did have your internal body clock. My internal body clock. So, yeah. So we had no smartphones. And I think I even had like a flip phone at the time to just give a sign of the times. And because it was international, it literally wouldn't even update with like the the local time zone at all. So we had no way of telling time outside of asking people what time it was. (laughs) (laughs) So our last night in Florence, could I get into it? So our last night in Florence, we're staying in a hostel and we have to get to the train station to then get, I think, back to Pisa, right? And fly out of there or wherever we were flying from. Yeah. It was a train station we had to get to. And so we're staying in a hostel in a room with other people and trying to debate what time it was. And I was like, no, confidently. Okay. Wait. Just to just to paint the scene a bit more, we're in a hostel with four beds, so two other people, and zero windows. <laughs> so we had That's no right. no contact. Zero concept of time at, at all. 
all except that all of us had gone to sleep so at, at a certain point so we knew it was past night it was night but we don't know if it was yet morning. Yeah. And here's the kicker is that once you left the hostel, you couldn't go back into it. Yeah. So we had to we had to be confident in our decision. Yes. And so you told me before we went to bed, you were like, it's fine. I have a really strong oh. internal body clock. So just Very tell strong. me what time you want us to get up. I've got this. And I bought it. I was like, oh, okay, great. Uh, well, the flight's at this time, so why don't we get up at, I don't know, 8 a.m.? And you're like, set. So we then, we then go to bed. I get woken up by you. You wake me up, and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's time to go. And I'm like, really? It doesn't feel like it's been that long, though. And they're like, how can we test? Like, is there anything we can do? And one of the girls that was staying in the far bed were like, she has a phone. One of us has to check the time on it. And we're like giggling and trying not to wake them up. And we're like, how do we decide? We did a verbal rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Loser had to check. I forget who lost, but we just started cracking up. And we were like, we, we can't do this. Like we cannot. Because we're like trying to, and all the beds are packed together. So you had to like sneak like around people's beds or even like, like, on the, you know, to get to it. We were like, it's not worth it. Don't check our clock. My internal body clock is strong. Yeah. I know. Well, and the thing is, it wasn't 8 a.m. because we could have told when like people were stirring, mm. but it was definitely like a weird wake up time, like 6 a.m. where you're like, I think it'll still be my night-ish. It's earlier than we would typically wake up. So I'm like, I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> so. so we don't check the girl's clock. No. We trust my internal body clock. We pack everything up knowing that we're not going to be able to go back into the hostel. Yep. We walk outside and it is pitch black and there is no one around but a single moped driver that comes by <laughs> and tells us it's 4 a.m. <laughs> if even. That might be generous. I think he was like, it's 2.30. And we were like, <laughs> and then we like, See, even now, even now my internal body clock is up from it. Untrustworthy. And then we like, we pull on the hostel door in vain. It's locked. We're like, all right, I guess we're going to the train station. So <laughs> we spent many hours in an outdoor train station because it wasn't even open yet. Freezing cold, December. Marble floors, Marble. beautiful and very cold. Yeah. yeah. Singing to keep ourselves entertained. But so we learned watches. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, like, it, it, it's so useful. <laughs> Have a way to tell time. More useful than a phone, honestly, these totally. days. <laughs> totally. And bring cash. So we've learned a lot over, what was that? We were 20, so 16 years ago. Smarter. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in Medellin. We came up with this plan. Like, you come out there for a couple days. And then while we're there, let's take a trip together. I really wanted to go to Cartagena at some point. Thought it would be fun to do together. You wanted to go as well. So that's what we planned on. I, in the first episode, or excuse me, in the second episode, discussed some of my travel woes and getting to Columbia late. You two experienced <laughs> some travel woes. So you got in a day late. So you literally were in Medellin for... 12 hours. Oh. I got it, or well, let's say 14 to be generous because I got, I flew in at 10 p.m. and we got picked up at 10 a.m. the next day. 
Yes. <laughs> it was a beautiful, beautiful city. Really got to experience it. Yeah. Well, and I will say you had travel woes that were completely out of your control. I had travel woes that turns out were 100% in my control. <laughs> so anyway, you were a total trooper, though. You did make it there. I was I was down because I was excited about Cartagena. So yeah. And Maul, I talked about in another episode how while I was there, I had a romance and Molly got to meet this person. I did. I did. I pulled up and got to meet them um, and got to see the little, little sparkles and love bubble, heart bubbles. (laughs) It was pretty cute. It was pretty cute. Yeah. What, What did you think? Did you like him? Oh my God. Yes. So nice. And so handsome mm-hmm. and uh, just so charming and loved how he kind of helped, especially helped me when I first checked in mm-hmm. and kind of did some translation and stuff. He was so charming. Yeah. That was pretty clutch because the security people mostly spoke Spanish. So we tried to be like, I'm like, mi amiga, y, you know, trying to explain like she's just here for the night and blah, blah, blah. It was kind of funny. He just like didn't even say, hey, I got it. He just started telling yeah. them. <laughs> I appreciated it. No, and he was wonderful. I was so I was so happy to get to meet him in those 14 hours that I was there. <laughs> it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool that that worked out. So we had fun. We had a good first night. We had a couple drinks at the bar. You got to see my apartment, which that was really fun for me because I, at that point, I had been there for one week and I literally felt like I moved there. So to get to have someone from my life in the States come and see it and witness it was really fun for me. It was so cool. And it really made it real life. And it's always so fun when you get to see like a FaceTime or a video walkthrough of something and then go actually walk there in person and actually experience it. One, the drinks that we had, the bar there, that was really cool. They had just like super really cool cocktails that they did smoke infusions and dry ice and all kinds of really cool stuff. And then being able to actually see the where you were living and see the outdoor space of it and the mountains and everything, it just really made it so real. And so beautiful. It was a really beautiful apartment and location in the city. Yes. Oh, God, I loved it. I'm definitely going back at some point, like, for sure. I'd love to spend more than 14 hours there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, we will allow that. (laughs) So we left in the morning for Cartagena. We had such a, the flight was a breeze. It's about one hour from Medellin. Oh, it was nothing. It was awesome. So easy. We stepped off the plane and we were outside within like literally one minute of walking because small airport. And then we got out there and just the line of cabs was ready. And they're like, do you need a cab? Which by the way, so I talked about in Medellin, you don't hail cabs from the street, use Uber. In Cartagena, totally safe to use cabs. And that's definitely the norm. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the downtown is very close to where a lot of the hotels are. So I would say if you're going to Cartagena, cab is the way. Totally. Yeah, it was like a four-minute, five-minute cab ride to get to our hotel or less than. Yeah, it was super easy. Super easy and super affordable. And pro tip, you always want to ask the cost of the fare before you get in because, you know, it's a business and they can charge whatever they want. And so if you don't know any better, they'll definitely overcharge. But you just ask, you know, cuanto cuesta is how much and do it in Spanish. Like, always lead with Spanish. It especially gives you some cred and, like, 
probably less likely that they're going to try to like take advantage of you. Then they'll tell you the fare. And if you agree to it, you can get in. And if you want, you can negotiate it. We didn't really do that because nobody supercharged us. No, it was always really reasonable. And so I was like, great, you know, that works. So we got in, we stayed at a hotel really close to like the walled city, which is like the main downtown, couple minute cab ride. We like chilled at the hotel when we got there. We hung by the pool. It had like a cabana bar. Yeah, because we couldn't even check in yet. So we were like, we'll have some cocktails. We'll uh, enjoy the view. And they had the infinity pool is looking out over the ocean on one side and then the bay the other side. So it was a really nice place to just get off the plane and relax. Totally. Totally. And remember, it was so funny when we were on the airplane, like, and the plane was descending into the city, you could see these really tall hotels and you were like, oh, look, hotels. And sure enough, that's where we, that's where we were staying. (laughs) That's where we were. Yeah. It was really cool because it was almost this like C-shape arc of all of these hotels that go all the way out to like this tiny little peninsula. And then there's an island that you can get to from a boat. And so it's kind of close, the end of that peninsula is near that island. And so as you're flying in, you just see this gorgeous like sea shape of these hotels. And ours was at the very beginning of it, which was cool because then you could actually see the walled city from our balcony and from the hotel itself Mm -hmm. because we were so close to it on the kind of on the one edge. And it was just looking at that ocean view was absolutely incredible. It was so expansive. It was so beautiful. It was. And we were so we were staying on the 40th floor. <laughs> and so we definitely had a view. We were high. I've never. We were high. It was incredible. We were like above the birds. And it was it was an inc- we live a good life. We it was an incredible <laughs> view. <laughs> it, was. it was super cool. And we stayed at the Hyatt, the Hyatt Regency, which they kind of bill it as like, this is where a lot of Americans stay when they visit. And it was definitely more of kind of like a proper resort, similar to like you and I have gone to like Mexico a bunch of times together. And that was the vibe that it had where it's like the staff all speaks English or definitely catering to tourists. So we opted for that route because we wanted kind of more of like a true kind of vacation, like tropical vacation vibe, (laughs) always fun. Versus you could go to Cartagena and you could do it so many different ways. If you wanted to, you could get like a Mm -hmm. Airbnb right in the kind of downtown in the walled city for sort of more of like kind of an authentic experience or Mm -hmm. they do have a slew of hotels just outside of the downtown. And I think there are some like boutique hotels in the walled city too, which I think would be really cool to check out. So yeah, staying in the walled city next time I think would be really, really fun to do to just be within it. That would be cool. Yeah, we did pass so many of those boutique hotels. And I think we were like, I want to go in and check out the lobby, but I don't know if that's like kosher. (laughs) Yeah. And we couldn't tell if there was like two rooms that they had or like 20. Like it was really hard to tell from the outside. And then there were always these sort of expansive courtyards, you know, that you could kind of see here and there. So you kind of never really knew the size of a building, you know, like or how expansive it came. It it became, you know, behind the door, behind the gorgeous doors. (laughs) Yeah. Those were those like tall wide 
colorful, painted, just, and then my favorite thing was that all of the front doors had like planted climbing flowers and trees next to it so that it sort of draped the doorway and grew up to like the second balcony. It was just, it was incredible there. So beautiful. And we both thought, because I live in Charleston, South Carolina, Molly used to live here as well. The walled city and the downtown neighborhoods reminded us so much of Charleston. 100%. Absolutely. And yeah, it, and especially the more historic little parts of the downtown that haven't been fully redone um, or modernized. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot um, of walking around in Cartagena, both kind of just that sort of like European look to them. Mm-hmm. I also felt like Cartagena gave me major Encanto vibes, just like the gorgeous, like flowing flowers. And I know that's a different part, but like of South America, but it is just, it was gorgeous. It was so just vibrant and colorful and beautiful. And all of the art there in the walled city just made it even more beautiful. They had so many murals and just art that you could see any which way that you looked. Yeah, that part was so cool. And we both got some art, which was really fun. Yeah. 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 My my favorite was definitely when we got to go into the, the woman, the lady studio and got to see all of her own work. And just it was it was incredible seeing the just seeing the artistry that was there um, and getting inspired by it and and just seeing how they played with colors in a way that I hadn't seen before. Yeah, that was really cool. You totally bonded with that woman who like owned the art shop and got for like the VIP pass. She was like, come in, like come into my house and like see the studio and yeah, it was so cool when she was like, you know, come into the back. Let me, and I was like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous, but you gave me a good nod yeah, and I had a good vibe with her. Yeah, you were like, uh, and I was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, as long as you're coming with me, then we feel good, then I feel good about it. And it was so cool because we went through, she also had like a little courtyard and uh, and then we kept going through and then her back room just had all of these canvases layered upon each other that she had done portraits on. And so I wasn't ready to buy like a four foot big portrait, but her, she was so talented and it was so beautiful being able to just walk into her, you know, being invited into her studio and to see the work that she was doing and just talk artist to artist. And we, that was actually one of my first major Google translate conversations that I had. So she had her phone out and we were able to have a conversation about art and talent and everything like that. That was, that was really cool. That was. And it was also funny because at this point on the trip, I had lost my voice. I could not talk <laughs> at all, yeah. which was hilarious. <laughs> so I just was like a spectator just watching it all happen. Yeah. Which, you know, for your followers, they can only imagine what that sort of dynamic change must be. <laughs> it was torture. It was torture. I wanted to talk so badly, but I... I started getting sick actually our first day there. And I remember saying to you, like, does it sound like I'm kind of losing my voice? And you were like, no. And then we went out that <laughs> night and I woke up the next day and I was like, buenos dias. <laughs> it was it was just God. And, and downhill from there. Thankfully, we've been, we've been best friends for 22 years. So I was able to hold both sides of the conversation pretty easily. Yeah. And you read like the nonverbal cues. And... Yeah. Yeah. And it was also really cute while you, while you had gone in and were checking out the studio and I hadn't joined yet, I was just on the street and this vendor came by with a cart, like a coffee cart. And the other woman who owned the shop um, said to me, you need to get one of his teas for your throat. And I was like, 
thank you, girl. Yes, exactly what I need. That was really clutch. And it was really cute. And just this little, you know, small little sample. And it had like honey. And yeah, it was like a herbal remedy for you, like a hot herbal honey tea for you. Yeah. It was so that was so cute, because your voice was so froggy at that point. So it's no doubt, you know, you were like, what is Diaz? Yeah. Literally. They're like, we think you might need this. Yeah. He was like, oh, honey, you need yeah. get it, get a tea, baby. Yeah. So that was really cute. That was our second day there. We traipsed around the downtown, the walled city. Let's go back a little bit to that first night. So we chilled at the hotel. We were kind of tired, but we were both like, you know what? Like, let's rally. We have to go see the downtown. And it was so funny because I had met someone in Medellin who had been to Cartagena a bunch of times. I think I mentioned this on another episode, but she actually like went to the same college, graduated the same year, same major. We didn't know each other. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, you would have known each other. Yes, we're like, we definitely had some classes together. We just don't remember each other. But so she was like, oh my gosh, I love Cartagena. I've been a bunch of times. I have so many recommendations. She was like, you have to, have to, have to go to La Cevicheria for dinner. Awesome. And, and then it was so funny. We were like, so we already have this really solid recommendation. I trust this girl. But remember the person at the, the staff at the hotel who brought our bags up was just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, he was a character. Oh, yeah, total total buds with us. And as soon as he dropped off the bags, he's like, welcome. I'm local. Let me give you all of my recommendations. You know, like, let me tell you where to go. Yeah, he was wonderful. He was our new bud. Well, and it was so funny because we were like, well, we're planning to go into the Walled City for dinner tonight. Do you have anywhere you think we should go? And he was like, La Cevicheria. Yeah, we were like, ding, 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 ding. Uh-huh. Perfect. <laughs> But, uh, yes, all right, no question, we're going there. And then he was like, and then afterwards for a drink, you should go to Monkey Bar. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay. And we kind of just filed it away. Yeah. So we took a cab. That, oh my gosh, that first cab ride was such an adventure. That was definitely where I started to learn the lesson of like, you have to go in and be kind of assertive and, you know, because we were just- Yeah, show that you know what you want and where you're trying to go so that you don't get swayed into doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We hop into the cab knowing we specifically want to go to the cevicheria because two people have recommended it at this point. And we definitely, like the driver- was trying to market us to go to just like another seafood joint. And we're like, no, please take us to where we want to go. He also definitely took us the long way through the walled city. But I will say, taking the long way, I did get to get the performance uh, of the, what was that? Like an ad-libbed rap performance. And I appreciated that. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, he did. He definitely took us the long way. And Cartagena is a very busy city and it's narrow streets and it's people walking everywhere and vendors and things like that. So even though we kind of figured out that's what was happening, we were for it. We were like, we're kind of getting a tour of the downtown. (laughs) It was the scenic route, literally. Like we got to see, yeah, some of the little parks and we got to see some of the side streets. And it was so, it was so cool in there. I I loved the walled city. Yeah. And so we finally made it to the Cevicheria. Yes, we did. (laughs) We made it to La Cevicheria. La Cevicheria. Oh, God, we loved it so much. It was on this little side street, so it wasn't as busy. It did have a fair amount of foot traffic. 
it was so magical to me because it was like nighttime at this point and there were like lights in the trees and we were right across the street from something that seemed maybe like a, a music venue or something like that or a restaurant. Unknown. We had Unknown. Uh, undetermined. But there were musicians in front that were performing and it was right on this street where we were waiting for tables and where we got to see. And so we actually got to have like live music in the street, open air. It was so lovely. It was so magical. It really was. And it was so funny because remember the cab driver who kept trying to talk us out of it and was trying to sway us to this other place. We pull up to the restaurant and he starts speaking to like the hostess. And then he says, <laughs> he's like, ooh, it's Spanish. She's like, ooh, it's going to be 20 minutes. Like, that's a long time. I can take you to this other place and they'll seat you right away. And we were just like, <laughs> bro, give it up. Like... <laughs> We're like, we're literally here right now. We're ready. We're here. And as we pull up, you and I are like, ooh, ah, this is amazing. Like, it wasn't going to happen. And then we were like, 20 minutes is great. And they, the, yeah. the indoor was tight. And then even the outdoor, they only had maybe about six or seven tables. Yeah. That said, I would highly recommend going. Oh, no so, question. No question. Yeah. <clears throat> but sitting outside was so charming. The inside was really cute too, but being outside with the great weather and the live music and all of that, it was just, it added so many layers of just like ambiance. So pretty. And remember like the hostess, Lucia, she totally hooked us up because we were like, oh, that's, you know, she was like, you can wait over there until your table's ready. We're like, cool. Is there a bar? She's like, yeah, just go relax. I'll get the drinks for you. I'll bring them to you. We're like, okay. Kill, yeah. Killer mojitos. <laughs> it was awesome. And there's only like three stools to sit on outside as you're kind of waiting. So it was like, we kind of got there like perfect timing. We were able to sit outside. We had some cocktails with her and it was, and we had live music. It was entertaining and lovely. It was. And the ceviche was. Oh, 100 out of 10. Oh. I mean, I want to go back and try so many more. There were so many kinds to choose from. And it was, like you said, I think you said it was the best ceviche you've ever had. Oh, for sure. No yeah. question. No mm -hmm. question. It was incredible. The flavors, the freshness, the presentation, all of it was just so good. I unfortunately had lost my appetite during the Cartagena trip because I had COVID a few weeks prior, my first time ever having it. And so I didn't get to eat as much as I wanted to or, you know, enjoy that as much. But when we went there, it tasted so good and it was it was incredible. So of a meal I got to enjoy, I'm really glad I got to enjoy that one. <laughs> good. good. And you did have one other uh, one that like where you, your appetite came back to, which was the next day when we were traipsing around the downtown, the same girl that said, go to La Cevicheria, she was like, oh my gosh, there's this amazing taco place in the Wald or in Hetsemani. You have to go there. It's called Frida's. Yes. It's called Frida's. <laughs> so we're all over the walled city, every, everywhere we went. I'm trying to ask locals in Spanish. Like, we're trying to find this restaurant. We're asking Frida's. everyone where Frida's is. <laughs> Frida's, yeah. And they're all like, most of them were like, never heard of it. Never heard of it, babe. Remember? That? <laughs> there isn't a Frida's. The one cop was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Frida's. And she like, three blocks yeah. that way. And then, you know, turns out there, there was no Frida's. That's not what it was called. 
But I just messaged the girl and was like, I was like, should I just try this? I mean, she's been pretty clutch. And so I was just like, hey, we're in Hetsemane. We can't find Frida's. And she was like, oh, actually, that might not be what it's called. And she screenshotted the Google listing of, oh, shoot. La Taqueria? Something Taqueria. Yeah, I want to fi- figure that out because I want to tell everyone because I also highly recommend you go there. Yeah. I'll, I'll look in my messages and see if I have it from what she sent me. But it was Maria? so good. We walk in, there's one other person seated. It's a small restaurant. The kitchen looked fully closed. You were like, are we sure this is open? And it was, it was just like, so like family owned, like made to order, baby. Made to so order. as soon as we ordered, they came in and flipped the lights on. But there was Frida paintings, portraits, art everywhere. So it's not a surprise that she thought that it was Frida's. Yeah. You were like, oh, I get it now. Clocked it. Yeah. yeah. It's like on the tables. It's on the walls. It's in a mosaic. Yeah. So I did find it. The name of the place is called Maria Bonita Taquiera Cantina. And it's in a neighborhood called Hetsemane, which is... In the downtown, it's technically not in the walled city. It's next to it. And what the girl recommend, why she recommended it is she was like, it's a little um, less busy, lesser known. It's not the main tourist spots that people go to. And it's also known for the street art. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I highly recommend it. We, we spent so much time just walking up and down all the streets just to kind of check it out. And it was, it was so beautiful. I would love to, I would love to go back to that area specifically. And what's funny is that formerly known as Frida's was literally only a block away from where we were walking nonstop. And then we just like took a right instead of all the lefts that we were taking. And then suddenly we were there. Oh, and it's also exactly where the cab dropped us off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You were like, this kind of looks, oh, because remember we saw the, the fruit women. I wasn't like that at all. No, you, you were. Yeah. yeah. We drove. Yeah. We saw the fruit women and I was like, oh, this is the square where the cab dropped us off this morning. And you were like, no, it's similar to it. But I was like. And until I pulled up the actual pictures <laughs> while we're sitting in the restaurant and I see us in front of the wall, I could then see 200 feet away. I was like, okay, you're right. Yeah, it was it. <laughs> So going back to that first night, so we had that amazing dinner. And then afterwards, we were like, what should we do? We're already downtown. Like, we're up to get one drink. And I was like, dude, let's go to Monkey Bar. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you had it on the brain. I kind of did it. I was, I was down to roll with whatever. Um, But you were like, no, we got the recommendation go to, to go to Monkey Bar. We're going there. Like we're finding it. Bar. Yeah. So we're like, it, you know, and it wasn't that far from the restaurant. And again, they're like, go three blocks that way and then two blocks that way. And we're like, got it. Like, so confident. Like, there's no, there's going to be no issue. So we're, we're walking around and we're more on the main streets, which I would say I was surprised. Very busy. Lots of foot traffic. Lots yeah. of Americans. Cartagena was definitely more touristy than Medellin, for sure. Yeah. Very safe. I mean, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to be careful just because there's it's so busy and there's so much foot traffic. But like, I felt totally safe the whole time. Yep. And then remember, it was hilarious. So we couldn't find Monkey Bar. All these vendors are trying to sell us like little, you know, knickknacks and plushies or yeah, yeah, necklaces or whatever. Yeah. And this guy has just a holding in his hand a styrofoam cooler of beers, and he's like, you know, trying to sell me a beer. I'm like, no, 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 we're good. And then he, but he could tell we were like, 
trying to find and he was like where are you trying to find I was like monkey bar and he just beelines it speed he just starts booking it and you start walking and I was like okay I'm like Molly come on, keep it up we gotta follow this guy he took us right to the door he did. It was so funny. We like, you, there's like a bouncer and we go in and it was much more of like a, it was small. It was like a bar, but it was like a club. Yes, for sure. It was like the size of, you know, it long and skinny um, with a mirror on one side, laser lights going, smoke fog going, music going. I was envisioning Monkey Bar, which was, I was thinking it was going to be like a quiet, old-fashioned cocktail. For some reason, that's what I pictured was like chill and hipster. Uh-huh. It was not that. It was not. <laughs> it was turned up. And it's, it was turned up. As soon as we walked in, I was like, yes. And I'm like dancing and walking. And I looked and you were looked terrified. You were like, yeah. <laughs> you were wide-eyed. You were like, what? And I- Eyes the size of dinner plates immediate overstimulation but then also like as i see him going yeah i was like okay rally yeah rally. Time to rally. i think i looked at you and just said this is happening yeah, oh yeah like there was no question <laughs> no we had we had worked so hard to get there <laughs> yeah, like we worked so hard and i'm just instantly on board with this vibe but we ended up having such a blast it was so 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 much fun it was fun because it seemed like it was full of a lot of locals mm-hmm. and not tourists. And that was really cool. Except who did we see when we first got there? Oh my gosh. So crazy. So like we get a drink, we're sitting at a table, we're just like dancing, chilling, having a blast. I look up and I go, oh my gosh. And it was a group of friends that I met at my hotel in Medellin, like chilling at the pool one day. And like, I just like, I couldn't even formulate words. I just tapped her. You just pointed at her. Yeah. You literally, you just like, you got your drink and then you look up and you were like, (laughs) (laughs) and she too, like, we all just started freaking out and we were like, what? I had mentioned to them, I'm going to Cartagena on Sunday. They were like, oh, we're going there too. And that was the end of it. There was no number (laughs) changed. There was no, what are you doing? Like that was it. And so it was hilarious and just so random. It was awesome. No, and I loved it because the the people that were there were something that we both noticed is just like people were dancing with each other, whether they had come together or not. There was no sort of like everyone was dancing with each other without sort of the uh, like intimation that it was anything more than just dancing. And so that was really fun too. Yes. It wasn't like everyone grinding on each other and it wasn't everyone trying to pick people up. It just seemed like a big group of friends who were all kind of dancing together and having a great time. Yeah. And then we got to put on some of our favorites and it was great. Yeah. It was super fun. I, I'm really glad that we did it. I see, I need you to help me rally for things like that so that I could uh so that I could enjoy them. Otherwise, with my overwhelm, I would have just like dipped out and gone to another bar. But I'm glad that I stayed because it was really fun. It was a blast. And the best part is, is we were like, okay, cool, we're done. Let's go. And we were back at the hotel by midnight. Oh my god, that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so like got to live Las Aventuria, best dinner ever, got to go dancing, hung out with locals, had a great time in bed by midnight. I mean, if that's not partying in your late 30s or let's say mid mid 30s, yeah. I don't know what this mid 30s. <laughs> mid 30s. Yeah. No, it was perfect. So yeah, overall impressions, Cartagena is amazing. I definitely recommend it. If you're gonna be in Colombia, you have 
to go. It's really accessible. It's really welcoming of people who are visiting. It's easy to get around. It's not a big city. And I've heard I've heard incredible things about places we didn't get to go, but where you can go, you can take a car and a boat out to uh, beaches that look almost like Tahiti. And so I think Cartagena just offers a lot around just giving you the like city, you know, travel experience that you want, the beach experience. You can get on a boat, you can go to an island, you can do all kinds of things. I can't wait to go back. I love the art. I love the food. And I just really enjoyed the culture that was there and and being able to, or at least in the walled city that we spent the most time in, Mm -hmm. being able to just kind of walk amongst it and uh, immerse ourselves in it. Totally. If we had one more day, I think we definitely would have done a boat ride to the islands. It's an all day affair. So it's like, you know, leave at eight in the morning, you're back at 5 p.m. So we really only had one full day in Cartagena. And so it just, we kind of looked into it. It just wasn't really what we wanted to do. And it wasn't, the options weren't really panning out either. But if I'm, when I go back, I'll definitely Mm -hmm. do that. And my tour guide that I used in Medellin, who also had a good pulse on Cartagena, he said Baru, B-A-R-U, is the island like to go to, I think by boat, it was what, an hour or two away? Something like that. Yeah. And and everyone that I talked to that went there said that it was 100% worth it. So I think it's like maybe an hour and a half kind of van ride or, or shuttle or car ride there. And then you take a little boat out and it's it, it seems like it's paradise. Yeah. The pictures. Next, next time. Next time. Next <laughs> time. We'll be back. As I've mentioned, I'm definitely going back to Colombia. Um, I want to spend more time in Medellin. I'd like to go back to Cartagena. And there's so many other little pockets that I learned about while I was there that I'm definitely going to visit. But on the whole, Cartagena, amazing. Highly recommended. Mal, thanks for joining me out there. Yeah, and thanks for having me here, too. All right. So that is it on the side trip to Cartagena. On the next episode, the next and final episode of the series, I kind of teased today how I met someone while I was there and had a romance. I'm going to be talking more about that. And I'm just going to talk about my last few days in Medellin and kind of reflecting on the trip in general. So join me there. So fun. Can't wait to listen. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for joining. All right, everyone, until next time, stay proud. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. For show notes, links, and free resources, head over to beproudwitheric.com slash podcast. If you're feeling inspired by today's app, help your boy out by sharing the info with your boss, subscribing to the show, and leaving a review. And remember always be proud of who you are.